<laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're with the, the pe good people in the wrong place. Yeah. And you take those people out, like everybody goes to work on Monday or maybe it was Tuesday and everybody gets back to normal. But then as soon as the weekend comes around, you're doing the things that you said you wouldn't do on Tuesday because everybody else is doing them again. And maybe one guy missed it out on last week. So he wants to double down this weekend. And, but again, everybody is situationally good or bad or makes the wrong decision. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Class is in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get Welcome to the University of Adversity. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. If you guys are new to University of Adversity, welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Super grateful that you are taking time out of your day to plug in and listen to us. You guys won't be disappointed. We have a powerhouse of a guest dropped in to drop some massive, massive value in your life. If you guys haven't heard about him, or looked into his work, I highly, highly suggest you check him out. We have Craig Ballantyne joining us today. He's the author of The Perfect Day Formula, Unstoppable, and The Perfect Week Formula. His amazing team sent me The Perfect Day Formula kit with all kinds of amazing stuff to get organized to create your perfect day. And you definitely won't be disappointed, so I highly suggest you check that out. Craig has also coached 250 plus seven figure entrepreneurs, which is crazy. And you really understand when you talk to him and when you see his work online on why he's so successful. He's got a great story, but he's kind of like no bullshit approach, no fluff. You know, he breaks all the things down to the real, real core steps that you need to take. So sometimes that's what we need. You guys. I encourage you to get out a pen and paper. This is one of those episodes where you're going to be learning from somebody that works with some very high performers and has got results for very high level people. So you're going to learn some stuff here. So if you're an entrepreneur, you have a business or whatever, I tried my best within a half an hour to ask him the best questions that are going to serve you listeners the most. So I feel we had a great conversation really connected well with with Craig and I'm sure that you guys will get value from it also. So without further ado, Craig Valentine coming right up, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the show. Craig, what's up, my brother? How we doing? Yeah, real good, real good. What about you? Yeah, good, man. Great to have you on. I see that you're in Vancouver right now. I thought after I was like, shit, we should have done this in person, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize you were going to be so close. So, well, as, as you'll learn, I'm pretty ruthless <laughs> with my time and, you know, wrapping around all over is, you know, it takes up three hours what we can do in 30. Thanks to the, the yeah. power of the zooms, man. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the yeah, truth? Yeah. And, and yeah, dude. So obviously some people, this may be the first time hearing about you and your work. You're awesome. Like your, your, your podcast empire show with, Pedro's Coulion, yeah. your early to rise radio, I've been diving into that. And obviously your books as well. Unstoppable, yeah. perfect day formula, perfect week formula. All very, I love how, how tactical it is. There's no bullshit. Thanks, man. A lot of like really good tactics. So um, what I want to start with, dude, is 
let's go back to the beginning for a second. For those of you just learning about you, yep. what was it like for you growing up? And what was the biggest struggle that you faced that has had the biggest impact in your life later on? Yeah, that's a great question. So I grew up in a small town near Toronto and I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League of all things. And from there, I went to university for it and I stumbled across the opportunity to write for Men's Health Magazine, which is maybe where you found me or maybe uh, it led to something that allowed you to find me in that I wrote for them for 17 years. I designed a ton of workouts. I created my own workout programs and really helped hundreds of thousands of people. Technically, you could say millions because we have over 15 million views of our YouTube videos. And I just really focused in that area for a long time. But I learned so much that allowed people to overcome adversity in every area of their life. And I call these things the five pillars. And we can talk about those if you want. But for me, I think the biggest adversity that I went through, and a lot of people will say, oh, Craig, it was probably your anxiety attacks that you had when you were around 30 years old. And those were big. But I think the biggest adversity that I had now that I really look back on it was having, uh, you know, my father is an alcoholic for, you know, basically my entire life. And that adversity, when you have a strained relationship with your father, when there's fortunately not physical abuse, but emotional and mental abuse, and, you know, lots of yelling and anger and that sort of stuff, and not having a good role model. Well, I think overcoming that and not following down his footsteps is probably the biggest thing that I ever overcame because yeah it probably contributed to the anxiety and therefore it really was the root of all of my problems and that was the thing that I struggled for a long time with yeah man and you're you're a partier and you're a personal trainer and all that see I was I came from a hockey background too sure so yeah. I, I played I, I played in the BC hockey league I played in junior a and then from there I transitioned to the bartending world so got it shit got real real uh, crazy there for a while so I could really relate because mm -hmm. You get into that, you become that person, like the womanizer, the drinker, the partier, and it kind of takes over your life, you know, a little bit. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so, you know, with that, it's, you just want to make sure that <clears throat> I think of the thing for me and the thing probably for you is the, the environment you were in, right? Like yeah. the people that you were doing those things with were generally good people, but then, you know, Friday night, Thursday night, Saturday night rolls around. <laughs> so on a Sunday morning, you, yeah. know, you know, you're, you're, you're with the, the pe good people in the wrong place. Yeah. And you take those people out. Like everybody goes to work on Monday or maybe it was Tuesday and everybody gets back to normal. But then as soon as the weekend comes around, you're doing the things that you said you wouldn't do on Tuesday because everybody else is doing them again. And maybe one guy missed it out on last week. So he wants to double down this weekend. And, but again, everybody is situationally good or bad and, or makes the wrong decisions or is strong situationally here, but is weak situationally here. Like, a, you know, nutritionally, I was strong. Even on the weekends, I, I wasn't the guy eating junk while drinking. I was eating normally, but I was still drinking a lot. And yeah. so I was situationally strong, even within a, an environment where I was weak. And so the takeaway for everybody here trying to overcome adversity in any area is you really will kind of fall to the, you know, as people say, you fall to the level of your training. Well, I think you fall to the level of the influence and environment around you. Mm. How, how much has, since obviously you played around in the health and wellness space for a while, you know, how has that change been for you? Just kind of one day we're learning one way. Like when I played hockey, we we're taught one way to eat. And then now it's so different. 
you know, how has that been as far as, you know, being a, you know, in that space and having to kind of learn new things, so to speak? I think everything's always going to evolve and change. And yeah, you know, you've really got to, you've got to be flexible and open to learning, but you've also, the foundations don't really change. Yeah. I don't think. And so with the foundations don't really change, that's the most important thing. And for me, foundationally, my workout stuff, my, my nutrition stuff hasn't really changed. In fact, one of the reasons why I kind of got out of the health and fitness space is because I literally feel like I wrote my best workout programs in 2004. And if you were to say, hey, listen, if there was one program that of yours that I should go and use, which one would it be? I'd be like, it's the one I wrote 15 plus years ago. Yeah. And everything else I'd try to make slightly different, a slightly different version of that. And so at, at some point you get to like, I can't, I, I'm saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's, there are certain worlds where, you know, business stuff, I think allows you to come up with new stuff more often, but not in the health and fitness space. If you really have integrity, you, you can't be, you're not going to be jumping around to a whole bunch of different stuff. And so eventually you're saying the same thing over and over again. I just got tired of that. What was your biggest you know, struggle from pivoting from that to the bit, to more of the business side of things like business coaching, like how, what was, what was challenging about that as far as, you know, from kind of your one wheelhouse and you're kind of shifting over. I don't think that there was a huge challenge for me to make the shift. And a lot mm -hmm. of people get really hung up on the, Oh, you know, I'm this and I want to do that. How do you, how, how could you possibly have done it? I'm like, I just went and did it. Mm. There, there is a little bit of legacy stigma in that, oh, you only, you only work with fitness businesses. And so I have to overcome that, but that's hardly a major obstacle. You know, the adversity was really, you know, we were shutting down a business that was driving a lot of revenue and starting a new business, which obviously wasn't generating as much revenue. And so it was really the management of the company of the team for, you know, cause we report our revenue to our team members. We don't hold anything back. And when they saw the revenues going down, I had to, you know, make them understand like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to turn this around. We're just shifting, changing businesses almost completely. Mm. And so in, in most times people make a pivot in their business, it's usually one step removed. So, you know, if you were in the fitness industry, maybe you're moving entirely to supplements okay, well, great. You have the customer list there. But if you're going from a fitness list to a business coaching thing, you have some customers, but it's not enough to be anywhere near what you were doing before. So there's going to be massive changes in the business and you know, you're going to make some mistakes. And we had to let some people go at some points and that was tough, but it wasn't like the acceptance of it from other people wasn't a problem because I had such a great reputation and you know, I had proven experience of my own and I had been doing, it wasn't like I stopped fitness stuff in 2015 and just started business coaching then. No, I had my first business seminar in 2007, you know, yeah. just after my business really started taking off. So I've been doing this a long time and have a lot of success stories. So it wasn't like it was an overnight transition. If it was an overnight, it would have been a lot harder, but with the gradual, I mean, that was mm. huge. That was like nearly 10 years. So it wasn't yeah. that bad. Yeah. Wow. That I, um, it's crazy because things have changed so much, even with, you know, social media, cause you're, you're, you know, you started before social media was even a thing and then yeah. being able to go through that and being able to kind of, 
play in that arena of like, now you've got social media. Cause when I went to school, I did a little bit of marketing in 2008 and mm -hmm. social media wasn't even like a thing that talked about anything to do with marketing. You know, it was just like, no. a, it was just like a thing you did, you know, on your spare time. Mm -hmm. And you know, with that change, did you, did you struggle at all? Or was that, was that really just a natural? I just didn't really use them for a long time. We yeah. used advertising on Facebook for a long time and we spent most of our time in email marketing. And email marketing really actually translates into social media. In fact, what I do on Instagram, I just describe as Instagram's version of email marketing. Yeah, it's great, by the way. Yeah. And so, it. so it's real. again, it's like you asked me before, was there a lot of change in the health and fitness stuff? And in there, there wasn't because of my foundational principles. Right. And so once I started using Instagram and I didn't start using it for a long time, so I'm really just, I'm not the kind of person who adapts new technologies very quickly. And so with that, it means that I was able, when I finally started, I got it really quick in a way that was different from the way that other people were using it. And I saw Instagram stories as essentially email marketing, but with video. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to leapfrog a whole bunch of people who had been on Instagram forever and ever and have a really massive success in growing the business and not just getting a bunch of eyeballs on things. Mm -hmm. There's also, it's crazy because uh, I recently had my account hacked. So yeah, was, I saw that. It's crazy, man. And you know, but what that is, is what, you know, we're working on it, but it's, it's a life lesson to really understand that this shit can be taken away from us at any time, right? The social medias and, and all of that. And that's why it's just so important to not put all your eggs in one basket. Like what is your, what is your perspective on that? on all of this. I mean, if, if something was to get shut down, like how would you react? Like what would you do? Because this is reality and there's, it is probably not going away anytime soon either. Well, th this isn't the first time that something like that has happened. So mm -hmm. before you and I, and possibly before you were even born, there was a thing called fax broadcast marketing. Mm -hmm. So anybody could get a list of fax numbers. And most, so there might be some people on this who don't even know what a fax is, <laughs> but, but you could get an entire list of fax numbers and just spam fax people. And then the United States government stopped that and made that illegal. And some people relied only on that as their business model. Mm -hmm. And so overnight, literally overnight, the next day it was illegal, their business crumbled. And so back in 2009, maybe 2011, I remember a guy we had a friend who had over 100,000 YouTube subscribers and he did something that pissed off YouTube and they shut his account down. That was 2011. Mm. So people have been getting their accounts shut down and business strategies have been shut down, you know, like nine, what was it? Nine, six, seven phone numbers, you know, those yeah. things, you know, there's, so there's never been a time where, you know, nothing was being shut down. There's always that opportunity that things can get shut down. Mm -hmm. And knowing that that means just like you should never just have one person on your sales team, just like you should never just have one thing, one product that you offer, mm. you don't want to get burned by the rule of one, one marketing approach, one sales approach, one social media approach. You do need, you, you're probably going to have one that weighs heavily and yeah. does most of the heavy lifting. But if you don't have uh, redundancies built in your business, you don't have a staple business, and it can crash pretty quickly. So mm. we've, we're all seeing right now how the world can go from normal to not normal in a matter of days. 
Yeah. And even though it was, it was clearly obvious to a lot of the people that I follow, you know, I was, I was telling my clients to expect their gyms to be shut down three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now for people that are listening, you know, schools are being shut down just now, but people were telling me that three weeks before I started telling people that. So I, you know, it's like none of this stuff was overnight to the people that were prepared, yeah. but the people that were um, unprepared, this stuff is happening overnight and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way in your business or in your life. Yeah. I was actually going to get to that as I was listening to your guys' episode on empire show about winter preparing for winter. Yeah. And it was, uh, it's interesting because obviously that was filmed before any of this happened. Right. And yeah. Because you never know what's going to cause it. And when times oh, yeah. are too good, when times are too good, you know that winter is going to happen. Now, I mean, Tony Robbins said that two and a half years ago when yeah. we saw him speak. So he was way early, but, you know, he was way prepared. And, you know, I'm always massive amounts of cash on hand. Even if people are like, oh, man, you know, making a whole bunch of money here, there and everywhere. I got massive amounts of cash on hand because I had a friend come to me for 250 grand last summer because his he had invested a massive amount of money in a supplement line and he was not able to sell um some of his other stuff that generated revenue because of some regulations from the government so he was stuck he was stuck in a catch-22 he can't sell any and he invested money in supplements which were not yet ready and i gave him a bridge loan because i just have all this cash on hand and i was able to wire him the money the next day got him through the next 60 days and now he's got a lot more money than me but in general, but it's because you're, I'm, I was prepared. I was mentally prepared to do that. And so on days when the market goes down 7%, I don't, it's not the greatest day of my life, but it's, <laughs> you know, I'm not jumping off uh, yeah. the 18th floor balcony that I live yeah. on right now. You know, it's crazy, man. How, you know, I was actually just watching, watching the Oilers game last night and, you know, watching some, last one you'll watch for a while. Oh man. That's what we were thinking when we were sitting there and, we saw NBA getting shut down. We we're like, oh fuck! I know what's going to happen. NHL is going down tomorrow. I know, you know, like it's, I'm going, I'm cheering. I'm going, yeah. yes, finally, people will be productive again. Like March yeah, Madness. When I heard so that March true. Madness was canceled, I'm like, oh my god! You know, yeah. people are actually, you know, might revive the economy because they're not going to waste their entire lives watching March Madness games. And I love sports, yeah. but I think like watching sports is a horrible waste of somebody's life. So, totally. so I'm like, I'm cheering this. I'm yeah. going. Be, you know, grown men are going to realize they can survive without watching young totally. men play sports. Totally, man. And that's, you know what, the, sometimes the realization that needs to happen. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, people can spend more time doing things for themselves, man. Like working on themselves. Like, I mean, exactly. it's, it's, exactly. it's kind of, it's kind of a crazy thing, but we all knew it was coming. I don't know whether this is the thing that's actually coming or if this is going to pass, but I'm, I mean, it's looking like it's not, uh, it's going to be 12 to 18 months of a different life for us. And, yeah. and you know, the interesting thing is some of my friends like to, to point out this story about Sir Isaac Newton and Sir Isaac Newton in, uh, when he was alive, he was quarantined for two years, um, not because he had any physical issues, but because Cambridge University shut down for two years because they had, uh, it was like some form of the Black Plague was going around Europe at the time. So they shut the doors of the university down for two years. And he went and he developed calculus and something else while being isolated. Mm-hmm. Now, most people are going to go and spend this time watching Netflix and completely waste their life. 
it was, it was funny. I was joking with my girlfriend today. She's like, what are people going to do if they can't watch hockey games? I go, they literally are going to watch games from 1984. Like they're going to be <laughs> yeah. like on TSN, you know, you yeah. know, they're going to be showing classic games. They're going to show the Oilers and um, Flames from 1984. Yeah. And there's like, there's entire channels, there's ESPN classics and TSN classics that exist now. Mm-hmm. And because they have no sports, they're going to fill the airwaves with that. And they're going to get, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watching games from 40 years ago. Yeah. But Crazy. then there's going to be a few people who really work on themselves, who overcome adversity, who read a lot of books, who do whatever who write that video sales letter that makes them, you know, a million dollars in six months. Like the, mm-hmm. that's what we should be doing with our time and really reflecting on what have I made my life into? Um, this is an interesting reset reboot. What really matters? What can I be doing with my time? And you know, there'll, there'll be some people who are like, I'm still so busy. I can't get anything done. Um, and yeah. uh, there's, there's no hope for those people, but there's hope for most of us. I love it, man. I love how, I mean, you got to turn, you got to turn it into an opportunity. Yeah. Like this is an opportunity for us. There's opportunity in there's, every crisis. Yeah. There was, okay. So there was something I also want to talk to you about, bro, is about the, I was listening to your 13 reasons why businesses fail. And I think this is, I think that's oh, what yeah. it was called. Yeah, this it was. Is, I, I really like this because I mean, a lot of the stuff you're talking about, so many people can relate to. And it's like, there is one that I really, I really think people will get value from. And correct me if this was wrong, but if you haven't made 1 million yet, you should be focusing 80% of your time on selling. Is that the specific quote or is it? That is the exact quote from my mentor, Mark Ford, who wrote his books. That one hit home with me. Yeah. That one hit home with me, man. And can you walk us through this a little bit? Because sure. it's super important. So let's say you have a gadget or even a supplement that you want to bring to market. Okay. So listen, you know, people, a lot of people go and build the website and, you know, they'll spend time on social media trying to build their following and all that sort of stuff. Well, you don't even know if this thing is going to sell. So get a hundred bottles made, you know, at the lowest cost you can get, maybe even white label some existing supplement and go down to a flea market or a bodybuilding show and try and sell it. And if you can't sell it to your best audience, wherever that is face to face, then you know what? You got to go and revamp the entire sales process. And when you get that right, like if you go back to Nike, how did Nike start selling shoes out of the trunk of a car? And, Mm. and then, you know, he was ordering from Japan. That's a crazy book, you know, shoe dog. And so it's like, it's selling. Everybody is spending their time on so many other things, but the only, if you look at your business as a heart, a heart needs blood flowing back to it and it needs oxygen to supply the blood. Mm-hmm. And that's how the entire system works. If there's no oxygen, the, the body dies. If there's no blood, the body dies. It has to have both of them. And so you need to have leads, which are the blood, and you need to have oxygen, which is the sales. If you don't have both, the heart dies. And so most people are spending time on way, so many other things except for getting leads and sales. And that's what I want you to focus on. That get a product that is, pr- that is re- you know, pretty good, really good, not perfect, but pretty good or really good. 
get it out there and put it in front of your marketplace. So if you go all the way back to when I started my fitness business online, turbulence training, I sold my first product on the internet in 2001. Wow. Yeah. January 28th, 2001. What year were you born? 83. 83. Okay. So, okay. So you're older than I thought you were because you played hockey. Then you went to college. Yeah. I went to college for one semester. Got it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so, you know, so 2001, you're 18 years old. I'm just over 25. Sold my first product. It was a word document. It was a workout program in a word document format, not a Mm -hmm. PDF, a word document. And it didn't have any photos in it. And I sold it for $60 through PayPal. Now then I went and created, and that was a custom program. So then I went and created a general program. Like everybody uses this one program. It's not customized for you. But that I sold for $9.95. Again, it was a Word document with no photos. The next month it had photos in it. I upped it to $19.95, 30 days later. The next month after that, I added more workouts to it and more photos, and I upped it to $29.95. The month after that, I upped it to $39.95 and added even more stuff to it. And there it stayed for, you know, 10 years basically at that price. So I just, I'm, I'm very impatient by nature, which is actually really good for an entrepreneur because most people are not impatient by nature and they take a million years to, you know, oh, I got to fix the colors on my website. No, the colors on your website don't matter. It's, it's the sales. Can you sell the thing? And if you can't sell the thing, whether it's at a flea market or whether it's out of the trunk of your car at a running event or whether it's on the internet through email or Facebook ads or whatever, then you can't do anything else until you can sell something. Hmm. What's the best way to generate leads online, would you say? The best way is, is Facebook advertising. So yeah. when you can, in Facebook advertising, Google advertising, or any other form of advertising, what's called direct response advertising, mm-hmm. where you can know that if you put $10 into ads every day, you get $10, $11, $12, $15. In some cases, some businesses will take $7 back from that. It depends mm-hmm. on how your economics of your business work. But there's nothing better than direct response marketing, where you can track the, the money out and the money back. Now, that costs money, and it's a very, very challenging skill to, to do that on Facebook. Like, you don't just go and open up a Facebook account and start doing that. You have to spend a lot of time studying. So, the next best thing is to build up an audience on social media through YouTube, through Instagram, through Facebook, through LinkedIn, all of those things are, are effective depending. Mm-hmm. And so for my business, all four of those work. Mm-hmm. For somebody who's selling stuff to executives only, you're probably going to do almost everything exclusively on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and YouTube and probably not too much on Instagram. Yeah. Now, the good thing about LinkedIn is you can go and add people and not everybody accepts your request, but not like that's the only social media where, I mean, I guess, it, it, well, no, it's, it's the only social media where you can add somebody and they become a follower of yours. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, you can follow somebody and not everybody's going to follow you back. Most yeah. cases, most people are not. Yeah. The same on, on Facebook, you can friend people, but that's generally not like your business page. And so... LinkedIn is a, is a great way to generate leads because you can go and add people. If they accept, now they're a lead for you. And that costs nothing. 
So all those social medias, generally through video content and getting other people to really one of the best ways to generate leads for any business is referrals. So if you have, if you are a personal trainer and you're starting an online fitness business, or if you are a restaurant and, or you're a cook and you are starting a restaurant, we just tell people that you know to refer other people to you. That doesn't cost you anything either, unless you want to pay a commission for the referral. So you want to look when you're starting a business to get you know, customers for free as much as possible because mm -hmm. you probably don't have a lot of cash to invest. But if you know how to do paid advertising and direct response method, nothing beats that. Mm. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's great to hear. And there's so many people that can get value from that because just hearing the basics like that is, is super powerful, man. Yeah. What, what about 10% versus 10x activities? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. I've been doing this exercise with a lot of clients for a long time. So I tell them to, to list all the projects that they're working on and all the projects that you want to work on mm. this year. And once somebody has gone and done that, I will then say, now you're going to go through the list. So you, let's say you have 10 activities you want to do this year. You want to launch this event. You want to sell this product. You want to go and do this teleseminar. You want to start a YouTube channel. Go down and put a 10x beside each one that could 10x your business or have a massive growth in your business and then put a 10% beside all the other ones that have just a small change in your business. Like, oh, I want to update my website. Well, that's a 10%. And if you have, um, you know, put together a webinar that, to sell our new product, that's where all of your energy should go. Forget about changing the website. Mm. All your energy really needs to go into what's going to generate cash for the business. Again, most people, it's the same with morning routines. Most people are spending their time, their very precious time, their very precious energy, their very precious resources on the wrong things. And they become good at things that don't matter. Mm -hmm. You have a beautiful website, but no sales, then your website doesn't matter one bit. I mean, you can have a charity and you can have a popularity contest with that, but you can't have a business that supports your lifestyle and your family if it doesn't generate revenue. Hmm. doesn't generate revenue, the oxygen and the blood to, to support uh, the life of the business. So really, really, really just everybody audit your lifestyle, audit your day-to-day, -day, audit your activities, your energy, where are you putting your money? And if it's not going to putting a return on investment into your business, then you need to be ruthless about that and say, am I doing this for vanity, ego, uh, because everybody else is doing it. Why am I doing this? Because at the end of the day, you're, you're limited on resources, especially if you're just starting out, whether it's time, we're still, we're still all limited on time, but most of the times it's the amount of money in, in the bank. And, you know, I've seen so many people waste money on PR. Like what's PR going to do for you? PR is not trackable. It is, uh, you know, it's basically, I call it lottery ticket marketing, lottery ticket marketing. I've seen I've fallen for some lottery ticket marketing stuff in the past, like paying people to get me on podcasts. Well, being on a podcast itself is a lottery ticket. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I might be, I might go on a podcast with a thousand listeners and not a single one will buy my book or read my articles or hire me as a coach. Well, I was just scratching a lottery ticket to be on that show then. So mm -hmm. why did I do it? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, I, I loved the topic of yours and, you know, helping people through anxiety and adversity is kind of a pet project for me. Mm. So I'm not expecting business from this, but I'm expecting 
to have an impact on people. So I'm not looking at this as lot as marketing, but for a while I was like, Oh, I should just get on a whole bunch of podcasts, but it was a waste of money and time. So I've fallen for some of that stuff too. And you fall for that stuff. The more extra cash you have sitting around, the more you fall for that stuff until you have constrained constrainments on your resources, then you make smarter decisions. Yeah, man. Well said. And uh, that's what I like is that you, the way you explain these things is just, you know, there's no bullshit and I, I really appreciate it. And I know other people do too, right? It's sometimes we just need to be told in an easy way to understand because there's so much shit out there, man. There's so much stuff and yeah, um, a lot of stuff is unnecessary, but if you focus on those real foundations, like the, the generating, you know, money-making activities instead of the fluff. I mean, and, and I think we can all, all the listeners, even myself, we can, that hits home because we do all this stuff that doesn't really make us money or doesn't really move the needle, you know? Yeah. And I think if we focus more on those kind of things, man, and really, really just look at it and make an inventory of what our daily activities are, it can help a lot. So awesome. Man. Man. I really appreciate it, dude. Where can we all check you out and find you the best place? Okay. Instagram. Real Craig Valentine, and then grab my, my new book, Perfect Week Formula at perfectweekformula.com. And then if somebody wants to email me anytime, I love email. I'm crazy. I'm old school. Craig at godfather.com. Just email me anytime. Yeah. What if somebody wants to work with you as a coach? They want to find out how do they Just, just send me an email. That's cool. the best thing to do. Awesome. Dude, really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know I want to respect your time and, you know, I, uh, that flies by. So thanks so much for dropping the heat. No problem, my man. Cheers. Great. Craig Ballantyne, everybody. Thanks, fam. If you guys haven't already, go leave us a review on Apple, on iTunes. If you can, let us know what you think about the show or take a screenshot, share it with a friend on your story. Let us know that we, you got impact. And of course, stay on top of all the episodes hit that subscribe, hit that subscribe button and you don't want to miss anything. So I love you guys. Stay safe out there. We'll catch you next time.